Welcome to the Techno Babble Podcast. Enjoy. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Techno Babble Podcast. I am Kirk, and this is a podcast where I talk with ordinary people who do extraordinary things. And today, once again, I'm talking with um, a couple of well, by this point, they're really good friends of mine. Uh, we've got uh, Sean Hoagland and Hannah Beck. Um, okay, let's let's get let's get this out on the table real quick, you guys. Um, we recorded with Sean and Hannah yesterday, but due to technical issues, we no longer have that audio. It's gone forever. It's not coming back. It was never recorded in the first place. But uh, Sean and Hannah have been awesome enough to sit down and record again. So without further ado, this is Sean Hoagland. And Hannah Beck, how are you guys doing yet again today on this lovely Sunday? Very well, thanks. We're doing fantastic. Happy Father's Day to everybody. Yeah, it is Father's Day. You guys, uh, what? Do you guys do anything special for Father's Day? Uh, yeah, we were, we were actually, we were, we had tickets uh, to a Frank Langella play. Uh, we we're going to take my dad, and uh, it was the last performance, and he just won the Tony for this performance, so we were all like so excited, and uh, the poor guy fell ill so his understudy his poor understudy had to go on for the last performance for frank landella so the box office was offering refunds and we were like should we see the understudy or should we take the refund and go to a really nice lunch so we went to lunch instead which was (laughs) so yeah we really were excited to see the play we debated about it but then we realized hey if we go to lunch we can actually talk and have a conversation and you know have a nice lunch um so that's what ultimately we decided to do so we, we planned to go see a Broadway show, and it just didn't happen. No. Yeah, well, sometimes um, you know everything happens for a reason. I'm sure you guys had a wonderful lunch. What did you eat for lunch? Oh, God. so <laughs> I, we saw oh, Lord. a nice Italian restaurant, and I saw a burger come out, which I wasn't even thinking of, but it looked really good. So then I asked the um, the waiter, should I get that burger, or you had these great pasta specials? He says, well, I always go with the homemade pasta. I said, which is your favorite? He had like six. He says, I prefer the black linguine with the um, shrimp, the clams, the um, calamari, and the lobster. He's like, okay, I'll have that. He's like, it's the best thing here. Great. When he brings this out, it literally is a half of a, sh- of a lobster still in the shell. It must have been like a two-pound lobster, half of it on the plate. There was pasta somewhere underneath the mounds of calamari and seafood. It was like an shrimp. Italian Thanksgiving. Like- <laughs> I, I, I did not. I, I mean, needless to say, I have ha- more than half of it left over in the refrigerator right now. But it was delicious. Sean likes to get fancy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's always good when you can bring home um, leftovers. That is one of like those. That's always nice. It's always even if you have to pay more for it. Like if you can bring home leftovers and have like some more awesome something awesome to eat that you don't have to cook later on in the evening. It's always a good thing. Two meals. And. Uh, <laughs> Um, anyway, so guys, we're we're back here. We're talking again. Um, now, for those of you that don't know, uh, Sean and Hannah are New York-based actors, and you guys are actually working on a, uh, a, f- a few different things. But the primary thing you guys are focusing on right now is um, your your screenplay that you've written and this movie you're trying to get produced, which is called What Tomorrow Brings. Um, you guys want to tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, What Tomorrow Brings is a uh, drama that tells the story of Kate, a woman in protective custody 
who falls for the U.S. federal marshal protecting her the night before she becomes somebody else and assumes her new identity. So it's sort of like a uh, a, a little bit of a doomed love story. Um, and uh, what we really wanted to do was focus on um, on the characters and sort of and the relationships. And we we definitely made a conscious decision to um, shy away from sort of like the big studio cliches of like, you know, uh, action packed sequences and, uh, gunfights and, uh, car chases, which maybe, you know, if we get the funding for the feature, that might be something, you know, we may want to explore, but, but we were really, (laughs) (laughs) but we, but we really wanted to sort of make something that people haven't seen before. And we wanted to sort of, uh, resist the temptation, uh, to put the obvious, on the screen and really sort of go for what people are not expecting to see. <clears throat> so when you guys were, um, okay. So both of you have, you, you're both, you co-wrote this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so who, who brought the idea to the table first? Uh, was it, was you, was it you, Hannah, right? Uh, sort of. I mean, it kind of started, it kind of, I mean, the project kind of came about because, um, we were both between acting jobs and, um, you know, we were slaving away at our survival jobs. Um, Sean waits tables at a steakhouse. Um, and I do a variety of things. I, I nanny and I also, uh, provide admin support for this legal headhunting firm in DC. They're wonderful, but it's kind of boring. Um, you know, so our survival drives jobs were sort of, you know, stifling and we were like, man, we just really need to be creative. We just need something we can sink our teeth into. And so we decided to make something. And that was the easy part, making the decision to actually create. Um, But actually coming up with what we wanted that to be was a lot harder. Um, So, you know, we spent a lot of time uh, (laughs) going out for drinks. (laughs) And uh, we spent a lot of time, you know, mulling it over, over coffee in the morning. And then um, one day I was just sort of... uh, I just kind of had this image in my mind. It was literally like being struck with lightning. Um, just this idea, just kind of like, I don't know. I just sort of like saw this image of this woman sitting by a window, smoking a cigarette, looking uh, off into the distance, uh, deep in thought. And that was just sort of like the catalyst. Um, and then you wanted to explore about uh, explore who this woman was and you know why she was smoking a cigarette and, and, exactly. and yeah, she, she, I you came, just kind of go ahead oh no i say yeah i came home from work and she said sean i think i know how our movie starts i was like oh great and then she told me this and i was like well, well okay well that's that's not really the story but it was exciting like, okay, i see this image okay that's a really great image and we had been playing with the ideas of, of how to can you know bring together the two different kinds of movies that that we enjoy watching the dark dramas and gritty dramas that uh, hannah enjoys um, and the thriller, suspenseful, intrigue, spy action films that I enjoy. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, let me take this image, let me mold this over for a little bit. And you know, now I could just see Sean coming home now, and Hannah's like, Sean, I've, I've got this, I've got this wonderful idea for this mo- for the movie. And he's like, well, what is it? And he's like, okay, there's a girl smoking a cigarette, staring out of the window. Go yeah. on. He's like, yo, well, oh, I like it, I like it. Keep going. No, well, that's, that's it. it. That's it, that's it. <laughs> and that's kind of how that Good goes. work, honey. <laughs> Great. Um, okay, I'll get back to you. So that, yeah, that's that's really where it started. And then after, you know, just a couple hours of the next day, um, 
we came up with this concept of, you know, I, I've liked the characters that are involved in the, the law enforcement, military, things like that. So I was trying to think of how to take this woman who's involved with a cop, um, a soldier, something like that, and uh, bring that story together. And again, for me, it was almost like just being struck by lightning with this thought of, well, why don't we use the witness uh, security program, the witness protection program, because not nobody really tells a story about that. I mean, the, the first one that comes to my mind is Eraser with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and that's not exactly <laughs> the real witness <laughs> protection program. Um, so, Wait, what? It's not? No, no, they don't usually have shootouts in a zoo, and they fight off alligators. That doesn't happen. But uh, maybe. <clears throat> we just don't know about it. Um, so that's what really what, where the it, it came from. It was two kind of just out-of-nowhere ideas that merged into well, that's the, the now. That's the one thing you mentioned before, though, about the Witness Protection Program is one of the reasons um, you don't see a lot about it is because it's literally no one knows much about it at all. Um, exactly, yeah. And you've got a background in, in criminal justice or criminology. What did you say you studied? I've, um, yeah, well, I my, my, my primary, uh, my primary uh, degree was in theater, so I did study theater performance, but I always wanted a secondary degree just right. to have something because I always just – I love – I have so many interests, and I ultimately settled on deciding to do criminology and criminal justice, so I have a second degree in that, um, and it was just such a fascinating – you know, I had such a fascinating college career. You know, I would get to do several shows at night, and then I would get to go and learn about forensic science and and how people studied the psychology of serial killers and things like that. And it was just that was my day. I mean, it it's was, only natural that you would merge the two in, into this yes. film. <laughs> I always get the the um, the comment. Is that the twist of the story? Is 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 the is our U.S. Marshal a serial killer? That's <laughs> I don't know. You have to find out. You have to wait and see. Oh, guys! If you ever if you ever need a sequel, I've got some ideas. Okay, <laughs> throw them at us. Throw them at us. Come on, we love this. <laughs> um, no, I was going to ask you. So, uh, oh, um, oh, it was on the tip of my tongue a second ago. Um, the uh, you were talking about oh your your theater. Uh, both so both of you have degrees in theater. Um, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to ask because I, I got I grew up uh, with a love for music. And so I, when I just out of high school, you know, you go to college, and uh, I went to study music, just a general BA in, in, in music. Um, and I did about two years of that when things like started sinking into me. I'm starting to see friends graduate and things, and and see what they do with their degree and all that stuff. And I'm like, man, I don't think this degree is going to do a lot for me. Uh, <laughs> you know, just <laughs> I should probably start looking at other options. And you know, things were kind of tough at the time anyway. Uh, and ultimately, my my decision, for at least at that period in, in time was to join the military, um, which I'm thankful I did. It helped me out a, a lot. And now I've got some benefits in my back pocket that I can use, for example, going back to school. Um, but I've always thought, you know, a, a degree in the arts, maybe acting more so than anything else that I can think of, but maybe I'm just being shallow minded. I don't know. I feel like it's more about what you can actually show someone than, um, than the degree you have. Right. Uh, but at the same time, going to a prestigious school and getting the degree you do are able to be taught and learn a lot you know because not all of us have a natural ability of whatever you know we're studying so i mean what are your thoughts on that do you think um um if would you can would you urge someone to to stay in school or and, and get the degree in acting or do you think there's a better approach do you think it matters so much uh what are you guys opinions on that just curious i mean i definitely feel like um 
you know, I always sort of equate it to um, dancers, you know, uh, dancers who study ballet uh, and who really sort of like, you know, they're in the studio every day and their teachers are sort of like just, you know, cracking the whip and they're just studying technique, technique, technique. They are the most equipped. They can do anything. They can do any type of dance. Um, I sort of feel the same, the, the, a, a similar uh, idea I think applies to acting. You know, you sort of, you want to lay the foundation. You want to have uh, good training. Uh, you want to have sort of uh, a whole toolkit um, at your fingertips, at your disposal. That being said, you know, there are so many good programs uh, across the country. I don't think it's necessary. I personally don't think it's necessary uh, to go to a conservatory. Um, I think that it is possible to get uh, the same kind of, uh, if you play your cards right, um, a similar kind of education, like a really immersive experience um, at a liberal arts school that you would at a conservatory. I think the main difference is that people who come out of Juilliard and NYU and all that, all those fancy programs, they, they have amazing connections, which uh, like a whole amazing network, which obviously uh, is very beneficial um, when you're first uh, graduating. Um, So I think it just depends for me personally I made the conscious decision not to go to a conservatory because it was important to me to get a well-rounded education. So I went for the liberal arts. Um, now, granted, I went to a liberal arts school that had a fantastic theater department. So, um, you know, I guess it's just a long-winded way of saying that I think that training is very important, but there's also a lot of ways uh, to get that training. Uh, it, it, there's no there's no one mold for everybody. Everybody sort of has to find their way and what works for them. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I pretty much ditto everything she just said, that the training is important because I've met so many actors that don't have it. Um, and it doesn't mean that they're not going to be successful, but they, they have a longer um, road ahead of them. Because with if you can go into a school and that be your focus for four years, you are going to have, you're going to be able to pull things out of your pocket that not everybody can because you've had that practice. Um, do you need to go to a conservatory? No, I don't think so, and I, and I didn't either. I went to University of Maryland, and I'm so happy that I did. It was an unbelievable program, award-winning staff, um, in just outside of D.C., um, and I really got to work with some really great people, and I learned so many things. Um, and if you go to a conservatory, you're going to be doing it every single day. That is what you study constantly, and it's a much more rigorous program. So, yes, you are going to have great technique, and you're going to learn a lot of great things, um, but I don't think it's necessary. Um, to go to that kind of a program. Um, if you get in, good for you, and congratulations. Um, but the training part is the important part, and and working at it, and understanding the business side of things. And not every place teaches that, too, is that you have to also start learning the business, whether your school teaches it or you just learn it on your own and start reading up about it, because it ultimately is show business. Um, and it isn't just about acting. It's also about getting a job sometimes. Oh, so. sure. I mean, when you're an actor, you're, you're basically uh, – well, I mean, I, I guess you would have an agent. Uh, but, I mean, essentially all your agent's doing is you're working for yourself. You know, he's just helping you find the, the jobs, he or she. But um, so – and if you're not willing to go out there and uh, put forth the effort to, to look for the work, you know, then the degree or the training serves you no purpose. So, I mean, that's a good point there. Uh, well, the thing that, is, is also is – I mean, if, if you think about it this way, your agent gets 10% of what you make. So you better really be doing 90% of the work. Um, yeah. really what it comes down to. For sure, yeah. Um, well, no, that's good, solid advice. I mean, I, uh, 
So when so did you guys? How do I how do I say this? When did you know you wanted to study theater? Like, was it something? And and did you ever second guess that even while you were taking it? Like, maybe I should be studying something else, or um, you know, what are, what are your guys' thoughts on that? How does that work? I I figured it out pretty early. I, well, my first act I didn't start acting until freshman year of high school, and the story that I have is I, I was in band and I played the saxophone, and there was a schedule conflict, and I could not. My schedule did not fit for me to go into the band that I had auditioned for, so I had to choose between woodshop and drama class. It was a very, very shy... Easy decision. <laughs> well, I mean, with, if you knew me as a kid, it, I was really like more likely to go towards woodshop because I, I was just terrified of being in front of people. Oh. Uh, and But I, I, I remember just telling myself, you know, I want to make some more friends. I want to meet some more people. So I signed up for acting and I, I still wonder what my parents thought when I came home and I said I'm going to be taking drama class they probably were like what really <laughs> and I remember the very first scene I ever did was uh, from uh, the glass menagerie and I was doing the gentleman caller scene and I, mean, I must have looked like I was eight years old when I was a freshman in high school and, and and I remember after the scene finished all the girls in the class went aww and it was the first time I had any attention from any girl ever. And I was just, I was like, this is incredible. And, <laughs> and that's really where it started for me. There was this like attention and that I had never received as a kid because I was very shy. And that actually opened me up as a human being. And when I started realizing as um, my high school career progressed that I could do this as a living um, or as a career, that was that clicked in. And I, as, as I was talking, mentioned before, my first choice for school was the Naval Academy because I'd grown up in an, I grew up around Annapolis and I'd always been there. And I loved, I, you know, I have a very um, strong place in my heart for the military and for that life. And so that was my first choice. And I left it kind of up in the air and up to God, whether if I got in, I was going to be a soldier. And if I didn't, I was going to be an actor. And those are my two things. And that was pretty much it. Um, and I, and I never have second-guessed it. I, even to this day, I know that any other if I did anything else, I could never go to a movie again. I could never see a play again because all I would want to do was wish that I was doing it. And I know that right. there's nothing else in the world that I'd rather do. So it can be hard, but what else am I going to do? You know? Yeah, I think that's really kind of how you know um, that – that you're passionate about something is when you're when you're watching something or you're looking over someone else's work or, or what someone else has done or is doing and if you're sitting there either you're either admiring it or you're saying man I wish I was doing that you know what I mean so um, yeah so what about you Hannah like did you know that was that a thing from an early age or how did you discover acting yeah for me it was it was it was pretty early on um, I was eight years old and uh, my parents um, uh, both, you know, were working parents, so, uh, working late. So they, uh, they needed a place to put me, uh, in the after school hours. So they, they put me in this, uh, after school children's theater program. And, uh, so I remember the first play that I ever did was Charlotte's Web and I was a sheep. And I just remember, I just remember just like, you know, being in rehearsals and just having like the time of my life. It was just sort of like a spark. Um, and from that point on, I just sort of, I just, in my, in my little eight year old heart, I just was like, yes, this is, this is for me. Um, and, uh, so then after that, I just sort of, I was, I just kind of 
I was just hungry to perform. I, uh, my parents let me audition for this, uh, professional youth choir. Um, and we traveled all around the country performing. I got to work with Paul Simon as a kid. Um, I got to work with, um, Taj Mahal, who, for those of you who don't know him, he's a Grammy award winning artist, uh, musician. He's phenomenal. Google him. He's just has like amazing, amazing music. Um, uh, I, I mean, I, I got to do all these cool opportunities, um, as a kid. And so, you know, it, that just sort of like progressed. So when I got to high school, um, I ended up meeting my, uh, mentor and who really taught me, uh, a lot of lessons that I still, uh, think about today. Some of those early lessons, um, in terms of craft, in terms of business, um, and, you know, and then when it was time for me to go to school, I, I think some part of me was, I knew that what I wanted to do, but I was also scared to embrace it because of what, uh, having a career in the arts meant, you know, sort of having a sort of, uh, degree of instability to your life, sort of always looking for that next job. Um, you know, I, and I was nervous to embrace it, but I went for it anyway. Um, and, uh, you know, and I ended up going to, uh, Sarah Lawrence, which had a phenomenal, um, theater program. Um, and the great thing about Sarah Lawrence is that, um, their program, even though it was a liberal arts college, um, the way that they set it up, you could really sort of, if you played your cards right, uh, kind of talk your way into the graduate level theater courses because they had a master's program there. Um, and you could sort of craft your own conservatory like experience. Um, so I was taking all these phenomenal classes as an undergrad, uh, that were geared towards the graduate, uh, level, uh, program. So, you know, by the time I came out, I was, I was like raring to go, but, but I think that, um, sort of the longer that you, for any creative person, the longer that you're, that you're in it, the longer that you do it, I think I would venture to say that most people have sort of a moment in their creative lives where they, sort of stop and they think, okay, is this, is it just too hard to keep going? You know, is this really what I want, you know? Um, or, you know, should I think about doing something else? And I had, a, I had, for me, that moment came a couple years ago where, um, you know, friends were sort of starting to buy, buy apartments and they were starting to get married and uh, do all these like grown up things that, you know, you're too busy as an artist to think about on that sort of like early timeline, you know, you're just trying to get your career off the ground. Um, and so, but, you know, I, I sort of, I, I did a lot of soul searching and I thought, you know, there's really nothing else that I could uh, see myself doing. And I think that's kind of the litmus test, you know, if there is anything else that you can see yourself doing, do that because otherwise, you know, it, the journey is just, that it's just going to be 10 times harder if you're always second guessing, is this the right choice for me? You know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> for sure. Uh, I, I second guess myself all the time and I'm like, I'm like, uh, Sean, I feel like, uh, in some ways I can, I can understand a lot of where you're coming from. Because I too, I have a lot of different things, me personally, that I enjoy doing. Um, that I uh, some things I'm pretty good at, other things I just do for fun. Um, and it's sometimes it's just it's really hard to sit down and, and break it all down. You really have to be disciplined, and you have to be uh, you have to like I've learned that I need to kind of schedule my time if I want to get anything done because <laughs> I've got so many different things going on um, and so many different things to do. Uh, you have to you have to be disciplined about about scheduling your time and focusing on one specific thing. 
Yeah. Since figure that out. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't think you really it. learn. Yeah. That's why I have her. But it does help. It's well, you know, it's easy to say it though, right? It's easy to say, yeah, you just should, you know, be disciplined and schedule and blah blah. But it's also much harder to do it too. It's it's really for me. I suck at it. But yeah. But I know that's what to do. It's just a matter of doing it. Um, put in an order. Um, so you guys, uh, so, so when, okay, when, when is the point, when did the point come where you realized, um, you know, I, I love acting, you know, and, and whether it's, you know, um, on a stage or, you know, on a set, but I would really like to tell my own story. Like, it, it, cause obviously that had to have, you know, you've had to have thought about that in order to, you know, decide you want to write a movie. When did when did that when did you guys kind of start to feel that or is that maybe something you realized that maybe I don't know explain it to me I'm I'm just rambling but I think you guys could probably explain it better. The first thing that I can think of is it's kind of always been there. You always want to you know you always have in the back of your mind. Uh, I mean, you as an actor, as any creative person out there, the stories that you want to tell. You know, I've I've written a couple other screenplays or half screenplays because just like I said before, I have all these different things I want to do. I also have so many ideas that I'll start writing a, a screenplay. And I'm like, oh, this is going so well. Oh, that's a good idea too. And I start to write that one and I get like halfway done all these different ideas. So they're always there. But I also feel like, I feel like the way the business has shifted in the past couple of years now with web series and, you know, everything is online and there's so much content out there and so many different um, things for actors to do that this business is now shifting in a place that you have to do it. Before, it could be like, well, that would be fun to make my own movie. But you know what? Right now, why don't I just go audition? And I'll start doing I'll do projects. I'll, I'll audition for projects. And, you know, people would, could be just an actor. But it's almost like nowadays you have to be a producer as well. You have to get those ideas out there because that's what everybody else is starting to do. Everybody can get a camera. Um, everybody can get a phone, which pretty much everybody has, and shoot their own movie. And um, so over the past... Last year, when we were between acting jobs and that idea, it's always been with us, but we said, you know what, we have to do it. We had started with some small ideas, something to shoot on the weekends, had an idea. Of course, I was playing a spy, shooting on the, um, you know, on the rooftop of, uh, of some building, and scheduling just kept falling through. We, we couldn't do it, and, and we kind of, with this, we said, let's do something bigger, something that's not going to be just easy that we could say, let's, you know, we could blow off. Oh, you know, we'll do it next weekend. We'll do it. This, if we start down this path, we have to follow through. And then the whole thing with the image of the girl in the, with the cigarette and me with the U.S. Marshal thing, you know, that's where, that was what happened before we came up with those ideas. I think also it helped, it helped, because, um, yeah, I do agree with that, with, with what Sean said about how sort of the idea of, like, writing your own content is always there, um, because as artists, like, that's that's the impulse like you want to express yourself so you want to obviously at some point want to be able to tell your own story but but the question is how to do that you know and and I remember sort of feeling overwhelmed when we first started like talking about it um like oh god okay yeah this would be great to do but how the hell are we going to actually write something you know um but the beauty of um having a writing partner and particularly somebody that um is also a romantic partner is that there's, there's, a, there's so much trust there that, um, that, you know, I could just say, Hey, I don't know what this means, but I have this idea 
that they somehow get in a car and they end up at a bar. What do you think of this idea? You know, and I'm just seeing this picture. And then Sean would be like, yeah, that's a great idea. Okay, so I'm going to write this, this uh, some dialogue and then you tell me what you think. I'm like, okay, great. So then all of a sudden we have like a little skeleton for a, for a two-minute scene, you know? And then I look at it and I say, oh, Sean, this dialogue's kind of crap, you know? And so then I'd rewrite it and then... Do you notice how she has all the good ideas and <laughs> no, I have no, all the bad no, ideas? No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Right. Brilliant. You're That's brilliant. how it really happened the whole time. So, <laughs> my name is just on the script. I really had nothing to do. I'm totally kidding. No. Um, but just sort of having that, that, you know, that freedom to, to not be boxed in by, you know, okay... We're gonna we're gonna sit down and we're gonna do it from A to B to C, you know. But just to sort of be more free free form with it, I think was really helpful to us. Yeah. Well, how long did it take you guys um, to collaboratively like, well, finish the script? Well, I think well last time we spoke, you said that it wasn't. I mean, you still had a few things to change. I mean, collectively it's finished, but like yeah, uh, for the most part. How we long did it take you to get to where you are now? I guess is the better question. We started the first, I think, idea to write something was in November, around then, October, November. And then at first we reached out to other people. Um, we reached it. We wanted to reach out to a couple different people to see... Writer friends. Writer friends. You know, just yeah. to get some... We love collaborating with people. And before in the past, as an actor, this is just me personally, I've always found it difficult to write for myself. And maybe it's because I hadn't had the right idea. Um, I love writing scripts and telling stories, but not necessarily for me, because I feel like as an actor... If I take my own work, I already know the character, you know, to a point, you know, I've already written him out. It's very hard for me to find my own, you know, discover something new about him because um, I wrote him. So my first thought was to reach out to other people. And that happened in like November. And then ultimately this idea came up and we said, no, this is a great idea. Let's run with this. So that was the beginning period. And then we probably started writing it in January and just moving it along and went through several different drafts after probably the second or third draft. We finally sent it out to people to get some Yeah, that, that was an important part of the process too, is getting, uh, getting other people's feedback. Um, because, uh, you know, I, I think we just felt that, you know, the more opinions that we could get, the better. And, um, what was particularly interesting for us to see, uh, was where people's opinions sort of started to overlap, like what people, uh, didn't like what people were responding well to, um, you know, strength in numbers type of thing. You know, if, 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 if nine people sort of thought this a certain scene needed more work, then that's what we would do. We would work on that scene. Um, so, you know, being able to reach out to other people for their, for their feedback was just a huge part of the process for us. Did you guys ever have anybody that just um, shot the idea down and, and said, uh, you know, they didn't think it was going to work? Or? No, we didn't. No. Everybody we talked to, they were like, wow, that's a really interesting idea. And I think what the biggest um, sense of relief came when people, most people would read it and they would say, we kept it expecting something else to happen. And, right. or that we built so much tension through the script because it is a woman in protective custody. You never know what could be really lurking around the corner and that it's not an action film. It's not, you know, that's not something that that's there, but it still feels like it could be there was like such a relief because we didn't necessarily set out to be like, let's do this so that they, they feel this way. But by writing the story that we wrote, everybody says we were on the edge of our seats the entire thing. And then they really enjoyed the fact that there wasn't a car explosion and a big car chase, that that it, it ended. They're like, wow, that's 
that's probably more like it would really happen, and it was still exciting. Right. Um, that was for us was exciting to to kind of get feedback like that. Um, yeah. I, last time we spoke, we um, I. I'm, I like to make um, I like to make analogies that relate to, to Kevin Smith because I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. And last time I brought up Clerks, um, which so and I was thinking about it, and this is really kind of this is like your Clerks in a way, you know what I mean? Um, it's you, it's your first attempt at, at writing and producing a, a film, and uh, it, you wrote it. You guys wrote it. It's your it's your baby. And uh, and you guys are going to you guys are really doing all the legwork to get it financed and to get it to get it out there and to get it into um, hopefully some film festivals and festivals and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if all of this happens, I'm sure I'm, I know you guys you've already mapped out the budget and uh, probably the shooting schedule at least tentatively, right? Uh, how, when do you guys feel like if if everything clicks off? When do you, when do you want it to be finished by? Well, the um... We do our our goal for this is our festival, our hitting the festival circuit, and probably our we're working. We basically choose have chosen the top festival that we want to get into that we really love to get into is Sundance. Sundance, woohoo! So really, right. we're putting that out in the world. We're secreting it. Secreting. <laughs> we're saying it out to everybody listening. Well, that's the big one, right? That, that is a, a very big festival to get into, and it and it's and it's just a it's a, there's a prestige to it, but it is it, it is still. Um, even though it has gotten a lot of attention in the past couple of years, it is a true indie festival and, it, and, and there's big things that go there, but it, it is a great festival for independent film. And basically we're working with that idea. The, the final deadline for them is right in mid-September. So hmm. we need a rough cut by then. So that's kind of like, that's kind of how the, how we're scheduling that out for now. Obviously the, you know, knock on wood, nothing goes wrong, but that's, that's kind of how we're scheduling it. And uh, so we're aiming to shoot like end of July. Um, and so it would be a quick turnaround um, on editing. Um, but I think we can, if we can get just a rough cut to them by then, then that's okay. Um, as long as the final film doesn't change too much. And of course we have to get into it, you know, but that, that's kind of the loose deadline for ourselves that we've set to get it by then so we can submit it to that festival. And there's plenty of other festivals that we would be more than happy and excited to get into, but that's probably, if we put any at the top, that would be the one that we would really want to get into. It's on my vision board, Kirk. There's a a board (laughs) behind us here that has all the things that that we want to secret, if you will. It's like a little collage? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, mine mine is a little collage, um, Kirk. Hers is a quite extra, extra large collage. Uh, Hers is a wall. (laughs) It's pretty much, it's our wallpaper. Um, oh yeah, of course. Was- well, no, no. I mean, um, I, I hey, it's good to have a lot of visions, you know. Um, check, check them, check them off the list. So, what do you do after you've completed a vision? Do you, do you like put a gold star next to it, or, or do you, how does that work? I, on mine, I just kind of highlighted it a little bit um, for this year, but uh, I, we, we never really, we didn't even think about that. I think we just yeah, it's like looking at it. We want it to happen again. That's pretty much. It's, <laughs> <laughs> Once isn't okay. enough. Right. It's forever. These are all the things I have ever done or will ever do yeah. right here on this <laughs> yes. wall. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so when you guys – okay, so it's one thing to sit here and say, I want to write a script. It's one thing to so – it's, it's another thing to write it. Okay, but let's assume you've written the script and you've had – and you've even showed it around to people and you've got it to a place that you're happy with and now you want to make it come to life. 
Well, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but that's got to be impossible to do by yourself. You got to reach out to other people, I'm sure. Who were the, some of the first people you reached out in terms of helping you produce this? Um, so the first person that we reached out to uh, was a producer named um, John Seppi, who Sean met uh, while he was uh, shooting a film a year and a half ago. Um, and, uh, John Seppi, he's, he's just a great guy. He's been a producer for 15 years. Um, and he, uh, introduced us to Cameron, our director, uh, who we just like immediately clicked with on our, within 15 minutes of meeting him, we were like, yes, you are the guy to direct our movie. Um, and then, um, in terms of, you know, the other people in our team, um, our cinematographer, Anna Franqueso Solano, I met her um, on a short film that I shot. It was a thriller that I shot uh, last summer, and she was the, the cinematographer for that. Um, and uh, so it was just sort of like this great game of just sort of, you know, thinking about who do we know who we're like, we're just like dying to work with. Um, and then in terms of like the rest of the cast, we've got, um, we reached out to actually Sean's acting teacher, a uh, great guy named Neil Matarazzo, who's a uh, quite accomplished, um, quite an accomplished uh, television actor. Um, and, um, and that's just kind of how we said about it. Just sort of like, you know, thinking about the people in our network who, who we just really enjoy working with. Yeah. We, we know so many people that we've met over the years. It's kind of hard to even choose, you know, in a smaller cast. Well, this person or this person, this, ah, gosh, they're all so good. Um, but really, John was the first person because, like you were saying uh, before, it's like, where do we, how do you, I, it's almost impossible to think of, okay, we got the script. Now what do we do? I mean, we've made, we've done so many films and theater productions and you're there and we can see what's working, what's not working. And, and so you, in our minds, we have an idea of how we can do this better or how we can uh, do this very well. But then when you get the script in front of you and you say, okay, so now we got to get to that point. And you think of all the things that you need, but you don't know how to get them. How do you, you, you can go to a rental house for, to rent a camera, but okay, well that costs $7,000. Mm-hmm. And I've never used the camera before. Yeah, so. Exactly. So, so I, I mean, John was the first person I thought of. I just, as a win, just to get some, even some advice. And we sent him the script and he was immediately like, Hey, we'll help you out. He's like, I don't even know if I can come on board again, if I'm going to be shooting something, but I'll help you with budget. I'll help you with this and help you with that. And then we'll see, you know, how much more I can, but he basically ended up coming on. And the reason I contacted him was because of that film I worked him on, worked with him on. It was such an organized set. And this was something that shot for two days upstate in New York with a crew of about 15 to 20 people in the middle of a field of a natural park conservatory where they had to drive a car in and park it in the middle of the field with special effects and a great camp. And, not, and it, it was shot on time with really good quality. And I just always remember this is such an easygoing set. If I, I've been on sets where if this was the same uh, project, that it would have just been a disaster. Like, it, and it was so organized. And he, as a producer, he was so laid back. He just he kind of hung back with his dog and made sure everything was just going okay. And I was like, that's somebody I want to work with. He's a person that is great. Is a great guy. He's nice. He's easygoing. And then he gets his shit done. Um, mm-hmm. so that was, I was like, we're calling John. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, you know, he's worked with budget a lot and he's the kind of producer where it's like, some people get confused about what a producer does. And it's not just somebody that comes and gives you a check. You know, that's like more the studio kind of, um, guy, but he's the guy that helps you organize 
the whole production and organize the money once you get it. So he was the, he was the first call, and he's made this process so much hmm. easier. It's 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 been a godsend that that he came on board for sure. No, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's always nice when you're working with someone who who you well when someone you admire like is willing to work with you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and give you back that time and, and at least give you some input. You know, um, and so. What so? What was it? Uh, you said you worked on. What was the film you worked with him on? Um... It was called Field, and okay. it was also, uh, it was it was a short film. And if anybody goes to my website, you can see uh, I just have little short, very very short clip um, uh, in the very first part of my reel. And it's basically about two uh, vagabond kind of characters wandering through the woods, and they come across this supposedly empty field, but then in the distance they see this abandoned car. And then, as one of the characters gets closer, he realizes it's not abandoned. It's more. It's kind of a crime scene. Um, there's a couple bodies around, and um, it's just a short film. And it was just so beautifully shot, um, directed by Kevin Jacobson. You can look his stuff up online too. Um, it was just a, such a great experience. It was really one of the best experiences I've had filming-wise uh, in recent memory. I um I I I uh, I asked you guys this question last time, and. I kind of didn't want to see. So when I realized that we'd lost the audio, I was like, my heart just like sunk down <laughs> into the bottom of my chair, and uh, because I'm like, man, that was such an awesome time, and like it just it flowed so well. You know, the, you know, the questions were answered really well. We we all, you know, it was just a, it was a good solid recording, and now we don't have it anymore. And to try to reproduce that, um, I knew it was going to be tough and difficult uh, because you you just we're not going to have that same sort of authenticity. To, to the questions, but at the same time, so I, I told myself, you know what, I'll try to make it even better. I, you know, we'll, we'll we'll do it a little differently. We'll talk about a few different things, uh, and I won't ask the same questions. But I'm going to break that rule because <laughs> I, I enjoyed I enjoy what you guys said uh, before, and I'd like it if you could elaborate a little bit. I think it offers a good look into sight, not only inside of, of who you guys are as people and actors, but also yeah, what you, a little bit of of um, what what you've done, some of the work you've done in the past, uh, and so. The reason I said all that was to say this: what uh, for each of you, which what's something I want? What's something that you've done in the past, like a role you've played that you are really like? What was your favorite role or something you enjoyed playing? Um, do you guys can? Does anything stand out in your minds? Wasn't yours the um, the Elephant Man? Am I right? Sean? Yeah, I was yeah. going to say I was I, I was debating of do I say both of them or, or two different things or do I elaborate to it? So, well, now you have to tell both of them. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, there's been so many that I've really enjoyed, but the Elephant Man was just an experience um, that I will always remember, just because of what uh, my director John Juriard had really kind of just envisioned with it. That he just had this idea, and it, it just it just spoke to him as an artist, as you know, he was like, you know what, I have this idea of what I want to do with this play and this story. Fucking, I'm going to do it, and he went for it, and he reached out to. Barney Berman, who is an Academy Award-winning makeup artist, he won for the first Star Trek, the, the new, the new first Star Trek, <laughs> the new first, Star the Trek. first new Star Trek, I should say, um, from a couple years ago, um, and he built this suit, and it was a full-body suit of the Elephant Man, um, and if you go to my website, you'll see pictures of it. And it, I, every time I show somebody, they're just they're like, "This is you under there," I and mean, you can't tell. And having to learn to speak with the accent and the 
crazy teeth that they put in my mouth and then the head over top and then people still had to see me and understand me and hear me. Um, as an actor, it was just challenging. I, I had to, part of it was just as a physical test to start drinking seven It must have been great every day at lunchtime for you. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Um, I, I had a liquid diet for, you know, I had to stay in a suit the whole time and just drink through a straw. Um, <laughs> Um, but I, I, it was, it was an endurance test as an actor physically and, um, as a, just learning different new skill sets that I hadn't really had to use before. So that for me was one of the, definitely the top, um, experiences as an actor that I've done. And you would do it again? Oh, in a heartbeat. We would talk about, I would ask Barney, so Barney, if, if this went to Broadway, you know, quote unquote, (laughs) how would you do this? Cause the suit was so heavy. And I mean, there's like my one foot was exposed. So as I was saying before, you know, five minutes into the show, you would see a one sweat footprint going across the stage because it was my one. So it's extremely hot and excruciating. So how do you do this eight shows a week? He said, well, probably it'd be double cast and we would have so many more suits because by the end I had did like 20 shows in that suit. I don't know how it lasts 20... I mean, that was... It was and, and after each show, they had to put, like, a fan in it to, like... Hannah's... <laughs> she's shaking her head. She's like, this is disgusting. They had to, like, put a fan in it and a blow dryer in it to make sure it get, got dried by the next show the next day. So doing that on Broadway for a couple of months, uh, that, you know, that's where we were thinking about it. So I was already, in my mind, taking this somewhere else and, used, you know, taking that show on the road and doing it for three more months. I, I had such a great time with it. Yeah, um, it's... You know, it's not every man that that's that's willing to to wear a bunch of makeup and, and become hideous and say, you know what, this is awesome. I want to, I just want to look like this for the rest of I my career. Getting you know in the field, having to roll around in the dirt and get dirty and disgusting. That's my favorite. I, I love I love just diving in and just I hate being clean cut and I'm, I'm clean right? cut in regular life. I like getting kind of a little dirty in, in the productions. So, yeah, that makes total sense. That makes sense. What about you, Hannah? Um, um, yeah, I guess I, I would definitely say a highlight for me was um, for all of you Pulp Fiction uh, fans out there, we did a production of, uh, it was a stage adaptation, a Shakespearean stage adaptation of Pulp Fiction called Pulp Shakespeare. And we did it all in uh, period dress. Um, and uh, it was just, it was just, uh, I had the time of my life doing that show. We originated the show, um, it was, we did the West Coast premiere um in los angeles um and then subsequently the show was brought um to new york and we performed it um here in new york uh we had two runs um we were in the international fringe festival and uh we made it to the final round i think it was like the last yeah the encore series i think it was what six like eight shows eight shows shows from the entire like first uh, fringe festival made it to the second series but yeah, that was that was just a great time. We had you know sword fights and um, you know like a little Renaissance dance number. Um, it, it was it was a great great time. Great time. I told a friend of mine that um, you know I was relating to him the the tragedy that occurred with the previous recording, <laughs> and um, you know we I was I was talking about you guys and what you were talking about, and I mentioned I was like yeah you know Hannah played Mia Wallace in um, in, a, in a stage adaptation of. Pulp Fiction, which I thought was really, really, really cool, and um, and he's like, I wonder how the dead nigga storage scene plays out on a stage. 
<laughs> and I'm like, I'll have to ask because I'm really curious now well, myself. <laughs> that some things had to be cut. Right. Um, so they they skipped the whole um the uh the scene where they take the, they take the car. I'm, I'm assuming you're taken to the Right, 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 right. Yeah. The the yeah. yeah. Um so that that part he, the, he still gets killed by accident by being stabbed. Um but they don't do the subsequent scene. Uh, <laughs> they kind of just go to the next scene. Um <laughs> that, well, that, I was curious. In the first draft, if that <laughs> still there, I mean, they ultimately had to cut the show down to you know to fit on like within a, an hour and a half period. But no, that right. scene was not there. They did not do the whole cleanup scene and the Harvey Keitel coming in. But <laughs> I, I, I urge anybody that can get access to this show, and I, I went to almost every performance, and not just be you know because I love the actress in it, but. It was so genius of what they were able to do. I mean, and some of some of the novelty of it was that a lot of the characters could do um, impressions. Um, like the director of the show, he does a great Christopher Walken, so he did the watch scene. Um, <laughs> but with the language is what's so impressive, and that's why everybody loved it, is because you know these scenes, and then you all of a sudden can understand Shakespeare when you couldn't before because you know exactly what they're talking about. And it's the whole scene when they're walking up to, to the, uh, the first hit and they start talking about a foot massage. It's brilliant of the language that they use um, to describe it. And it, it was, I loved, I, the whole time I'm watching it, I was like, I wish I had been in the show. I wish I had known about this audition because I would have loved to have been in the show. We both love Shakespeare. Um, I would, I wanted, I would, I would love to see it go up again. Well, hey, maybe that'll be our, our next adventure. Yes. Right? After we yeah. get what tomorrow brings. After this, go, after this goes to Sundance, <laughs> we'll do, we'll make the movie that we always wanted to make was Pop Shakespeare. They always wanted to get it into a film. I'm telling you, I was, that's one of the things I was going to say. So there's, there's so many good little, um, well, for one, you know, it's hard enough to, 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 to see full featured Broadway, uh, acts, <clears throat> plays and, and productions. Um, as it is, you know, but I mean, at least they're around long enough that if you really wanted to see it, you you, you could, um, you could probably schedule some time to go see it. But there's so many little in, like smaller productions and things that you would just never know about, you know, mm-hmm. unless you're like you know living that life or, or, or you know up to date on what the latest things are. Um, and I think Pulp Shakespeare, you know, that's something that I would uh, I think should be turned into a feature, or um, you know, recorded or something or brought think- to Broadway. Something. They, they, it needs to be they, highlighted. They tried to get it to a movie, but it, it's they have, there are so many rights issues, and not about getting them, but knowing who owns them. Because Tarantino doesn't own them anymore. Miramax, I don't even think owns them anymore. It's like and it's gone overseas to distribution. It was like they had a lawyer. It was like so. If anybody out there knows who owns the rights to Pulp Fiction, you know. But let's get in touch because <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the director and producer of that would still really like to make that movie. Now, who do you know? Um, do you remember who wrote the? Uh, who was who it that wrote the, um, the, the adaptation? Pulp Shakespeare. Uh, it was. I don't remember the, their names, but it was just a couple of guys. Uh, I think from the Midwest somewhere. Yeah. Um, I think one of them, Matt, Matt, somebody, and some other guy. It, they, weren't, they weren't. In, <laughs> they weren't involved in the original, like in that production. Like they had written it. And they had never premiered it. And then the director, I think, helped them. I think, what they, some I think what they did was, I think 
the 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 guys who who wrote the original adaptation they just very generously uh generously um uh sort of just put put it out there put the rights out there so they didn't they didn't uh, copyright it or anything like that so anybody it, it, so it was basically in the public domain. So um, the director found out about it, and uh, he contacted them, and they sent him a copy of the script, and then they gave their permission for our cast to sort of make little little tweaks as as we went on. So I don't know if that's still the case. They, I mean, I I would be very surprised if they if they haven't uh, copyrighted it at yeah. this point. But I feel like there, there should have been there, at this point. There should be. I'm sure somebody else has done another production because why not? It's it, like it's a goldmine. It's, it's right. such a, yeah. an amazing idea, and I couldn't believe it took this long. You know, to, to well, I to, think they cast the the appropriate actress for for Mia Wallace because I I don't you you do have a very Julia Roberts esque kind of look about you. Um, I'm sure you've been told that before. <laughs> so um, man, so man, look. Already, it's almost been an entire another hour with you guys. Um, it, we need to, and, and, and it and, and it wasn't. It doesn't even seem awkward. Of like, you know, you know, we already no. did it. Seems like a first no, time. It does, and that was the goal. So I think we accomplished our goal. Now, of course, the audience will never know, but that's that's the <laughs> beauty of editing. <laughs> well, also the beauty of, of fuck ups. Uh, but anyway, you know, sometimes things happen for a reason, and I feel like. Um, when, if you have an idea and you when you want to promote it and you want to get it out there. Um, like we we talked about this a little bit in the, uh, the last time we chatted, um, you know people aren't even going to believe us. They're just they're, they're probably thinking that we made this up. I promise you, we talked for an hour before, uh, and all of it's gone. <laughs> but we talked before about you know if 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 someone out there and because there's people out there who may be listening to this who have an idea or a script or a, a song. Or whatever it is they're working on, and they want to get it out there into the uh, into the eyes of the public, uh, and but they don't know where to start. Now, both of you gave some really good answers before, and I'll try to like sum them up, and I'll let you elaborate if you'd like. But uh, networking, Hannah, you'd mentioned like it's very important to be networking with the community that you're in. If you have um, if you have something to, to share, just share it with people. Uh, and but how, so how do you go about doing that? Do you just you yeah like where do you start where do you start if, if you've got this thing but you don't know who to share it with where do you start i i think it's just a matter of of uh just meeting people just uh because and just sort of like just reaching out and just connecting with people as much as you can um because the more that you do that the the more that you will find uh like-minded people and people who share your tastes um, and I would just say that the most important thing is just to do it. Don't get in your own way. You know, it, it's so easy just to self-sabotage and to sort of say, oh, I don't know how to start. I don't know how to do this. I don't know. You know, what do I, what do I do? And I would just say, just, if you have an idea, just jump in and just, just do it. Um, and because chances are that, um, you know, there are, like-minded people in your community, wherever you are, um, who are trying to do the same thing. Um, so I guess my, my advice would be just do it and uh, connect with other people as much as you possibly can. Because it's not about who you – it's not about what you know. It's about – it's a lot about who you know. I mean you have to be good at what you do too, but without without knowing the right people, being good at something is – you know, you're just as good as the next guy who, who is just as good as you. You know, but if you know the right people and you can network, um, it opens up a lot of doors. And you guys can, I guess, be the, you know, attest to that. 
Yeah. You know, the, thing, the thing about knowing, and I always thought that when you, it's about knowing, it's about who you know. I always used to think that meant people in power, and it's not. It's it's anybody. It's absolutely any. It, it's not a. It's not a status thing. It's about the larger your network is. I mean, everybody that's in our movie, we met or we know through a connection of whether it was a show or somebody that we met. That's, you know, if this thing went on to Sundance, they no, would no, no, when. when this thing goes into Sundance, you know, anybody that's involved in it, us, you know, they would not, we'd not have been in the project if we didn't meet them through some other connection. Um, there was no auditions held. You know, this is how people get work. And so you do have to get out there. I mean, there's a great website, meetup.com. I'm sure it's all over the place. And that's where half the people that Hannah's met in her network, she goes to these little writing groups every week. And she just meets new writers, new actors who are just trying to meet people. And it isn't a, uh, everybody hates networking because it feels like you're doing a, you're promoting yourself as a product, which you are. But it is just about, Becoming friends. Yeah, but sometimes, yeah, like I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, sometimes it's just about, you know, meeting new friends, you know, and and your friends just so happen to have talents that, you know, could be useful to you and vice versa. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I mean, that's actually how I I prefer to look at like quote unquote networking because the the word itself. It just kind of like I, I personally, whenever someone says the word networking, I like have like I like recoil. Like I just like it's just like and I didn't want to stick my fingers in my ears and like, you know, go la 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 like like the idea of like, you know, going to like a high powered thing and, and just like getting your network on that I find sometimes those things are necessary, but I find I find that whole idea very um, off-putting and, uh, you know, intimidating. And I would much prefer to think about it in terms of making new friends who are in the business, who share similar goals. Um, that is a much more palatable way, I think, to approach it and to think about it. Because who doesn't want to work with their talented friends, like you said, you know? Right. Yeah, get your network on. Hannah Beck, 2016. Woohoo! Get your network on. That should be t-shirt slogan. <laughs> That's just, I like that. <laughs> Get your network on. That's good advice, though. Solid, solid advice. Uh, and you, and you'll you'll echo that, I'm sure, Sean. Right? Uh, you, okay. Do you have anything that add on top of that? What uh, is there um, anything else that you can think of that might give you an edge when 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 looking for um, uh, other people to work with? Like, where do you go? Do you just like uh, acting community theaters or you know the local schools? Um, well, the big thing. I mean, I can only really testify as an actor. Is as an actor, you have to act. You have to whether that means being in a class, whether it means making your own projects, um, whether it means going to a little reading group and just reading with a bunch of people at the local coffee shop. Um, and I guess that applies for musicians and writers as well. Just you have to write, you have to play music. Whatever that means, whether it's at a park for free or you get a job, you, you just have to be doing it. And, and by doing that, then you will meet people. And I think the biggest thing that I can echo again is you can't be afraid to fail at doing it because ultimately, you know, what was the, the quote that is, or I think, did you say the quote about you only, somebody just recently. Yeah, you're networking on? That was Hannah, like two seconds ago. About like, you know, the only thing, the only time you really fail is if you give up. I don't know who said right. that. Yeah, that was me. That was and me. Thank you. I was like, I, this is recent. I remember. Yesterday. See? This was yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> See, you did record before. I so, and, but I, you're, it's totally true. It's like, that's why I, I never, never been discouraged in my career because I know if I keep doing it, I will become successful in whatever way that means. You know, I will, there will, there will always be a part. 
the parts that I can play now might not exist forever, but when I get older, there will be a whole other set of parts that I can't play right now. So it's sure. just a, it's a marathon, as my teacher would say, not a sprint. So just go at it and and learn from your mistakes and just don't be afraid to fuck up. Right. <laughs> no, that's true. That's Coming my from is get your network on. Mine's don't be afraid to fuck. <laughs> don't up. be afraid to fuck up. Uh, get your network on and don't be afraid to fuck up. That's the campaign slogan. That's the um, front back of the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I can attest myself. I mean, pretty much everything you were just saying as a, uh, like, so, you know, I talk a lot about, uh, Kevin Smith. Well, you know, I first got into online media, like, you know, uh, uh, back, I would say I was still in the army and, uh, back in the day, a long time ago, I used to have like this little, uh, um, series of YouTube videos that I did and they got pretty popular. And, uh, this was back when YouTube was in, when it was in its infancy, and um, if I'd have stayed with it back then, I'd probably be rolling in that YouTube money right now. But, um, <laughs> but, but that's, but see, that's that's just goes to show you. Like I, I realized, you know what, there was something I didn't stick with, which is fine. I moved on to other things. But um, when it when I got into podcasting and I and I started listening to podcasts, and I realized, well, so wait a minute, like I can just have my own show and talk to whoever I want to do and talk about whatever I want to do, and like I can. I can just easily make that and produce that myself. Like I can, that's a thing now. And, uh, I'm like, wow, that sounds awesome. So, um, and again, going back to Kevin Smith, you know, he's been a real big inspiration for me and in, in my, uh, my, my career and my life and my journey, if you will. Uh, and, um, listening to some of the things he says, which is uh, again, pretty much basically everything you guys just said, um, is, uh, just, you know, keep doing it. Don't, don't give up. Don't stop doing it. Um, because there's an audience out there for it. You just gotta, you gotta keep shouting and you gotta keep doing it. And, um, I've been doing this podcasting thing off and on for about a year now. There are times when it, when it got rough for me, but, uh, I just keep, I keep doing it because it's something I enjoy doing. And I know I've got, if nothing else, if it, if nothing else, it's taught me a lot about, you know, the process. Uh, I've networked a lot. I've met some awesome people. You know, just being able to talk with with um, you know video game developers or you know internet personalities or uh, pseudo celebrities such as yourselves, you know, oh, yeah. uh, you know, awesome. Uh, no, you but seriously though, awesome people. Like um, there was a, I did talk to a, a director actually. Um, you guys are actually the the, the, the sec- This is the second time, uh, only the second time I've actually had um, any actors or writers on on the show. The first was uh, Dan. Fuck, I don't remember his name now. I feel so horrible. Dan was no 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 it wasn't Dan Dan asked Dan asked um he uh he's a he's an LA based writer uh LA Macabre I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that web series um that sounds very familiar I listened to some of that podcast yeah it was a good that was a good yeah. episode yeah I, I I got to chat with him and that was awesome getting to meet you know just people like him like yourself just other like I said at the beginning. Uh, ordinary people who have done extraordinary things and have awesome stories to tell and little bits of, there's always little nuggets of inspiration in there that I like to try to get a hold of. Uh, and, and so I keep doing it, you know, and at the very least I've made some awesome friends along the way and I've learned a lot of shit that will help me to wherever life takes me from here. So that's the way I kind of look at life, at least at this point in time. And I think you should. And and just one thing to say when you just said is it's at, at the very least, I mean, you did it. And so for anybody out there that's looking to try something, just do it because at the very least you did it and you don't want to be on your deathbed and saying, you know what? I really wish I would have done that or I really wish I would have stuck with it because then it's too late. So just yeah. whatever it is, just 
do it. Yeah, we're we're all we're all going to die one day. Um, so you know you can you can either go out uh, with no regrets, or you can you can. Unfortunately, some people they don't. You know, don't be one of those people that, that that have regrets on your deathbed. I guess is the best way to say it, right? Um, at least that's that's my advice. You know, take it if you will. Um, so we want to help you guys out. If you guys uh, have enjoyed listening to this, and um, you guys are still on Kickstarter as of as of now, yeah, as of the time we're recording this. You know, we're we're actively uh, raising funds for our movie because you know we are just uh, as as much as we. We, uh, as my vision board will attest, you know, we, we are on our way to, to becoming big movie stars, but we're not there yet. Uh, we're just, at this point, we're just sort of ordinary, uh, actors trying to get a, a, a solid project off the ground. And to that end, we are currently raising funds on Kickstarter to try and get this movie made. Um, so, uh, we would ask anybody listening that if anything, uh, about our project or about our story or anything that we've said really today, uh, has spoken to you or has inspired you, um, maybe you might consider stopping by our Kickstarter page and, and checking us out. Yeah. So. And sharing it and letting everybody know about it. So you can go to kickstarter.com and just search for what tomorrow brings, um, or go to Facebook um, dot com backslash what tomorrow brings the movie and you'll see all kinds of information up there yeah and it's and, and listen i'm telling you guys this is uh i i almost feel like we've um we 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 know each other too well now because you guys are awesome we have awesome personalities and great people you guys are super laid back and chill and fun to talk to and i wish you nothing but the best um go check out please i'm begging every one of you out there, at least go watch the uh, go watch the video on Kickstarter and give the and and, and uh, let these guys hit them up on Twitter. Let them know what you think about their their project. And if you can help, then you guys actually have some pretty cool. I was looking over your um, uh, what are they called on Kickstarter? The pledge reward uh, <coughs> levels, the tiers. Um, you got some pretty cool. Uh, you, you if you if you pledge, I think you can get credited in the film. Um, and you get yep. shout-outs on social media, some yep. Skype sessions. You can get to know uh, Hannah and. You uh, get a prop uh, from the from the movie. Um, and actually, I just added one the other day. That I mean, it, it's a higher tier. If you donate like four hundred dollar, three fifty, I can't remember exactly remember what it is. We'll put your name in the movie. Only one person gets this, so we will either name a character after you, or we will speak your name in a line. We will put it in there. It's a smaller film, so I can't. I can only allow one person. Ooh, ooh, or another perk. This is one of my personal favorites. Is that you get a, a? I forget what level it's at, but you get a, a a Skype session with us, and Sean will do a goofy dance that will make you laugh so hard yes. you'll cry. You can Trust choose me. the music, whatever it is that you want me to dance to, but I will do some sort of inspirational improv dance that will change your life. Change your life. Oh man, I'm thinking Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds great, man. I'm gonna have to go donate now. Just and you guys, we'll be talking again. Don't worry. You gotta see that Sean dance now. Make a gif out of it. Put it you on just the have internet. To just put it up on Facebook as a video <laughs> for any. You know, once we become successful with this. All right, for everybody out there, I will do a goofy dance. <laughs> it's magical. It's magical. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody, make sure you go check out uh, hannahbeck.com Or I'm sorry, wait a minute. No, yeah, it's Hannah Beck. I always get you guys' domains mixed up. SeanHoagland.com and HannahBeck.org. Um, and you guys can check out their their, their video reels and their um, screenshots and headshots, all that good stuff, their filmographies. And learn more about these two awesome people that I've gotten to know over the past couple of days now. <laughs> and uh, 
you guys, I thank you so much for for taking. Listen, not you guys. Again, this is if this is not a testament to how how much I I'm in love with these two people now. They we they taken this entire weekend. They've devoted um, to to just coming back in here and sitting down and talking for another hour and making sure that um, we got something we could use and and, and send out. For you guys, so you guys could hear this episode. So I could have—I literally could not have done it without you guys, twofold. So thank you so much for being awesome. We appreciate it. Well, until uh, until next time, you guys. Thanks for listening, and uh, just remember, like we all said here today, just keep doing the shit that makes you happy. And actually, no, to to quote Hannah, um, get your networking on. And to quote Sean. What was it you said, Sean? Don't fuck up. Don't be afraid to fuck up. All right, you guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming back on. We'll talk to you guys later. Have a good one. This concludes the Techno Babble podcast. If you would like to leave feedback, please send us an email to the Techno Babble podcast at gmail.com. or feel free to reach out to us via Twitter at the Techno Babble. Thanks for listening. See you next time.